Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. We back up in this. We back in business, man. It's Tuesday. It's going to be Wednesday by the time the episode drops, but we shoot it on Tuesday, man. We back. I got my co-host, Water, co-host extraordinaire. You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? You feel me, man. The best co-host of all time. The best co-host to ever exist is Water. You need water in your life. I need you drinking it. I need you loving it. I need you bathing in it. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all ain't bathing. I need I need some of y'all to throw some water on your body quite regularly. All right? Uh, water is fantastic. Make sure you're drinking it. And stop complaining. Stop fussing. And get more room temp water in your life. Don't just be all cold. It has to be cold, man. Get some room temp up in there. You know what I'm talking about? You feel me, man. Co-host extraordinaire. Um, we back, man. Verbal cardio. Back once again, I want to give a shout out to my patron saints in here. You know what I'm saying? They deep up in this mug. Sharon McD, the guy KFB, Chaz Ali, Tanya R, Crystal Carradine, Struggle Beard Bakery, Miss Ma'am, Casey, Veronica House, Zakia Tillman, Lana, Sherry Tucker, uh, Slarita, where the hell you been? Dominique Lachey, Tamara, Gladys Diaz, Cutie B, Sean Veal, Sean Reed, Celeste Ray, Jay Finesse, Miss Re Renee, um, and many, many more. AJ up in here, Cat James, randomly CJ, Nana P, um, usual suspects, Tim Scotty's up in here. Uh, I already said Seanville. Uh, Michaela Harrison is up in here. Aries 86, man. Tanya R, man. I appreciate y'all. Um, this episode, I'm going to definitely be talking about. My whole thing is this. When I think about great black movies, great black cinema, movies I came up on, I feel like the 90s is killing the 2000s as far as black movies overall. Um, and I'm going I'm to compare. It's probably going to take me a, a few episodes to, to, to flesh out the full comparison, but it's going to start on this episode. Uh, Because I just feel like, especially with the dramas, especially with the dramas, even the comedies, but especially with the dramas. I feel like black dramas was at an all-time high in the the 90s. And I feel like movies have gotten, not soft, but just like, they few and far between now. You know? I mean, you know, we still get we still get black dramas released, but I feel like they not they not they not hitting like they did in the nineties. So I want to talk about that. You know, uh, my patron saints wanted me to touch on other things. If y'all if y'all don't know this by now, man, the patron saints are very vital and instrumental and important to um, to verbal cardio. They come in here with the this or that's every episode. They coming in here with topics. So they are they are low-key my co-hosts as well. I got the water. I got Amir on the ones and twos. But the patron saints have become a very vital part of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Since I don't have an actual co-host here, it's very important that they come through. And you know we could we can talk about these things. Um, 
Katie Tennessee asks, uh, hey, Tony, your thoughts on having discipline for delayed gratification versus lowering standards for immediate satisfaction. Having discipline and standards seems to get a bad rap these days. Um, so basically what Katie is, is asking is like, okay, do you want the in instant gratification or do you want to stand firm and stick with your discipline and are you willing to take the delayed gratification in the long run, the long term, the long haul? Um, and I can only answer from my perspective. For me, for me, discipline looks like this. Um, here's, here's what I'm disciplined in sometimes. Uh, I try to be disciplined in my diet. So I try to I try to um, not go off the deep end and be eating bullshit twenty four seven three sixty five. Um, you know, a lot of people compliment me on, man, Tony, you be out here, you be you be you be strong willed, you be having willpower, you be doing this, this, that, and the third, you be cutting stuff off, you be sticking sticking to certain diets and and challenges and routines. And people give me props on that, but I'm I'm also very transparent on like I be I be fucking up sometimes. Sometimes I just want a jar of peanut butter and I'll eat a whole jar of peanut butter. Or like, you know, I'll get some donuts or some cookies and you just go in, just 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 go in. Like Struggle Beer Bakery brought me cookies. I made sure to give a lot of them away. But then the ones that I kept, I ate them in in, in fast. In fast time, like all of them, they gone. They gone. So I struggle with the discipline of, you know, food. Like food is a big struggle for me. And like, uh, you know, because food just be good. Like that's my biggest hurdle in life. You know, and so, you know, but people still applaud me for, you know, trying to avoid fried food and trying trying to go for the healthier option or, you know, stuff like that. I'm disciplined in, in my work ethic. Like I try to I try to let work be my main focus because that's what I want to focus on in life. Like, you know, mind you, I'm very mindful of taking breaks, resting, resting my mind, saying no to certain things. And uh, I've been trying to be very, like, steadfast on that tip. But work is very important to me. Like, you know, and now that I'm back in the single realm where, you know, once you start once you start coming out and you start dating and, and spending time with people, it's like they want time. They want time. They want, you know, company. They want plans to be made. They want all of this. And it's like when you're when you're focused on work, it's like, mm, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe I can squeeze you in here. People don't like to be squoze in. But it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta know what you want for yourself. And, um, so I try to try to be disciplined on the work tip. Like work, work is going to come first. Um, so those those are my main th main things of of just like focusing on <laughs> the diet and exercise. Like the exercise 
Um, wait a minute, hold on. KC said, Tony, you've been you dropping hints about a new love interest? No, no, uh uh-uh. uh, no hints, no hints being dropped, no hints being dropped. No, absolutely not. Um, there are, there are no hints to drop. There are no hints to drop. What 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 hints? Hold on, man. We 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 dealing with this in real time. What what hints I've been dropping? What you just said? No, it's like. It's like now, like, you know, when you when you talk to women, it's like, yeah, when we linking up, when we when we doing this, and then it's like, oh, uh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And so it's like that. So it's not it's not a new love interest, it's just, you know, conversations. That's what it is. And I also wanted to address this on uh because so I saw in the comment section on daddy issues. Somebody was like, yo, who's Janelle? You mentioned Janelle watching the cast. Janelle is Keenan Baker's wife. Okay. <laughs> she watches my cats when I'm out of town. So I saw people saying that in the comment section, like, who's who's this Janelle person? That is Keenan Baker's wife. And she watches Dapper and Midnight when I'm out of town. I need everybody to chill out. Um, so I gotta throw that out there. Uh <laughs> Got to throw that out there. Um, And then the discipline, the discipline on the workout, the discipline on the workout, man, working out, exercise, that's a struggle. Like I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to be, you know, dedicated. I I go to the gym when, when I'm, when I'm at home, I usually go to the gym probably five, six days a week. I go in there. I try to do some type of exercise, some type of workout, whether it be lifting, elliptical. I was doing, I was doing the uh, the plank challenge. Um, so I just try to get a workout in. Now, now that we're off tour, we got a little break in the tour. Now that I'm back home, I've come in with the. Uh, I'm doing 30 minutes a day on the Peloton, 30 minutes minimum. Uh, I've been trying to walk my five miles again. The five miles every day, I'm not challenging myself to that, but uh, I've been walking the miles again because, you know, I try to get out there early before it gets too hot. So I've been walking the five miles and walking to the gym. So I'm trying to, but what I do want to do, I want to I want to keep riding that Peloton every day until we go to Europe. For 30 minutes minimum. Cause that's like I'll be sweating when I'm on the Peloton. So um so that's like a goal and I, I want to stay disciplined in that. Um so that's what I got going. Um but as far as like the, the question for the standard firm, I guess I guess it just comes down to like Instant gratification, lowering the standards. I don't really lower my standards, I don't think, for the instant gratification. I don't think I really lower the standards. 
I'm a firm guy pretty much when it comes to certain things. And like, I feel like when you lower the standards, you, you're going to look back and just be like, man, I knew I should have. And I, I try to avoid the, the man, you know, I should have, you know what I mean? So I try not to do that. I know that was a long, that was a long ass answer to your question, KD, but uh, here we are. All right, let me look at let me look at some more. Uh per per snickety goddess uh asks the importance of being your authentic self versus fitting in. Now here's now here I can I can chop it up on this. Uh I'm not about that fitting in life. Not about it. Yeah, I went through that as a kid when my self-esteem was at an all self-esteem was in the goddamn toilet. And you want to fit in, you want to, you want to be liked, you want to fit into a certain group, you want to hang with this group, or you want to hang with this crew. And you're trying to be cooler, you're trying to say you like certain things that you might not really like, you're just trying to look good in their eyes. I gave that up in high school. Once I graduated from high school, all of that bullshit was dead. All of it. All of this is this is what you gonna get. This is me, goddammit. Soon as I graduated high school, I was like, man, we off that. Speaking of off that, let me cut off this IG live. If you want to see the rest of this episode, join the Patreon. Join the Patreon, man. Shout out to uh, Art Simpson who made this shirt. If you want to see the rest of the episode, join the Patreon, man. If not, you'll just wait till it comes out tomorrow. And you'll just wait for the clips and you'll just wait. But uh, I challenge y'all right now on the IG live. Join my Patreon. You get live podcasts, you get live daddy issues, live verbal cardio, you get movie nights, you get game nights, you get music nights. So, join the Patreon. I challenge you right now. When I turn this off, I want to see new members being added. And shout out to the new members I got today. Philip Banks, Caden Wilborn, Quincy Lee, Terrell, and Organic Soul Brother. Thank y'all for joining today right here in my face in real time. Rest of y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Got to get in on it, but I'm cutting it off. I'm shutting it off. Um, yeah, man. If you if you if you out here, if you out here fully realize adult, you full grown. You grown. You got bills. You're paying bills on your own. You're raising kids. You got a family. You're married. You're holding down relationships. You're an adult. You're going to work. You got a job. You doing you, you better not be out here trying to fit in. You should already be established in who you are. And I know, I know, I know it's easier said than done. I know it's easier said than done. Because a lot of people have problems fitting in, and that's been a lifelong problem for them. So I'm sympathetic to that. Sometimes it's hard for people, it's harder for certain people to fit in. I get it. And you might feel like, Man, I ain't never going to really connect with people because I have a hard time fitting in. So let me change who I am so I can fit in. And I get it, man. Like, you know. uh, But then you lose on the back end because you're not being your authentic self. You're not being true to who you are. And your true self is going to come out. You hang around with people long enough, your true self is going to come out eventually. And then you're going to look back and just be like, damn, man, I should have been myself. And now... You have the fear of, well, what if I am myself, my authentic self, and they don't rock with it? Well, you know what? That's a chance you got to take. 
That's the chance you got to take, especially if your authentic self is not shitting on people. You're not disrespectful. You're not a backstabber. You're not fake. If you have all of these good qualities in your authentic self, because some people's authentic self is trash. Let's be real. Some people's authentic self is hot garbage. Some people's authentic self, they be saying rude shit. They're, uh, they're untrustworthy. They're, you know, disrespectful. You know, they being authentic. But it's trash. And that happens. I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people where their authentic self is not my cup of tea. And so I create distance on that too. I'm like, all right, man, I ain't really rocking with your authentic self. You being authentic, but I'm like, mm, I'm not really rocking with you like that. So, you know, authentic self is not a synonym for a dope person. They don't always go hand in hand. You could be your authentic self and just be a complete piece of shit. So, when we talk about authentic self versus fitting in, is your authentic self legit? Are you a legit person? Are you kind? Are you generous? Are you easy to talk to? Do you listen well? Do you extend good energy? Is your energy dope? You know, all of these things come into play when we talk about your authentic self. So you got to ask yourself who you are. You got to look in the mirror and be like, yo, who am I? Who, who is my authentic self? You know? And so you look at all these details about yourself because you really got to know yourself, man. That should, that should be one thing. Know yourself. Know who you are. Know what works for you. Know how you roll, how you communicate, how you best communicate. Know uh, know your triggers. Um, surround yourself with good people and good energy that you can draw from. All that stuff. Because for me, like, I just realized when I graduated high school, I was just like, yo, I like me. I like myself. I think I, I think I'm I think I'm a good dude. I think I'm all right. Now, mind you, I've done some some shady things in my life. You know, I've stolen, I've shoplifted. You know what I'm saying? I've been dishonest. I've been deceitful. You know, I'm very I'm very like you know open and honest about my fuck ups, and I've definitely fucked up. But ultimately, I'm just like. You know what, Tone? That was stupid. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing it? Don't do that, Tone. I'll be like, man, you right. You right. And so, but ultimately, underneath all of that, I like myself. Like, I'm like, man, I'm a good time. You know, through all the hurt and the rejections and stuff like that, I, I still be like, you know what? It's their loss. It's their loss. It ain't on me. So I just realized that as soon as I graduated high school, I was just like, this this is what it is. This is who I am. I'm not trying to get in no clicks. I'm not trying to get in with nobody, man. This is who I am. Oh, yes, and I was a peeping Tom when I was young. I definitely did that. I definitely did that for sure. You know, I'll be the first to tell you my record ain't clean. I'll be the first to tell you that. My record is not clean. I'm not a goody two shoes on no goddamn level. I've done some questionable things out here. 
You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was a peeping time. If you haven't peeped that episode, I was, you know, I was a peeping time for a little bit. I had a peeping time phase where, you know, I was like, I was like in seventh grade, man, just peeping the scene, if you will. I was in seventh grade, man. I saw, I saw my neighbor from a, the, across the way changing clothes through the blinds, and I was just like, "Oh, I got to get more of this." And you know, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but you know, I was, I was a little perv in seventh grade. I apologize, but you know, transparency, man transparency anyway y'all better not be out here changing who you are just to fit in especially especially when you are a good time you're a good time you're a good person you got great energy you got great intentions you got great delivery where you know that you you bring value to people like you know what i'm saying if you fall under that category you better not be out here trying to fit in changing who you are be your authentic self all right um. So they're saying that the lady that got hit with the brick was lying. She wasn't lying. She telling the truth. So why are they creating the narrative like she lying? Because they felt like her saying, like the internet was saying that, like so many guys was just standing around when it happened. Yeah. And that's a that's a bad thing. Like you know you're not supposed to do that. And guys took it as a, a like an attack. Like we're being attacked. Mm, uh -huh. So. They came up with any reason for it to be like, she's this and that. They were taking her skits and being like, look at her. She deserved it. Like this and that. And for mm. the past, what's it been like a week yeah. or so, two weeks? They were like, she deserved it, this, this and that. Then somebody came out of nowhere and was like, she's lying, made a whole bunch of videos about it. Right. And they ran with it because it fit the narrative of that. But then the lady who was hit with the brick posted up the receipts showing that she was in the hospital. She had face trauma from yeah. something that hit her. She has the she has literally all the proof there and they've been quiet ever since. They ain't got oh. nothing to say. Wow. It's just crazy that it took all of that for the people to believe like that she right. actually was attacked. Like, why would she fake something and your face swell up that hard from an allergic reaction? Right. That's crazy. But no, she's telling the truth. That Let that narrative go. I knew wow. it, she wasn't lying from the first place. You see, she's right there in the moment and the dude like skedaddle. Like he, he, the dude left, but everybody else is kind of standing around. It's a bunch of dudes standing around. Yeah. Because she rejected his advances. You get hit with a brick? Like, that's crazy. Because they, they were also painting this narrative that she was known for slapping dudes on the street and like and that being was disrespectful. A skit. That, that was, was a skit. skit. That's like a joke. It's like she's making videos of being wow. like funny. She literally, she said something and then then like slapped the dude and then walked away and then started twerking at the It's a joke. Come on, y'all. Wow. It's a joke. Man, see, this, this, this is the hard part when it comes to, you know, men and women because it's like now you, you got to prove to people about you being a victim, you got to prove it. You have to prove it. It, it. It's like if you aren't a child, people look at you like you deserve some shit. They always looking for the deserve. Like hey, you deserve it. You, you shouldn't have been doing this. You shouldn't have been doing that. That's the quick go-to knee-jerk reaction. It's like what did what did you do to deserve what just happened to you? Right. In that moment. Yeah. Instead of it being like you shouldn't have got hit Anyway, regardless, like a brick dog, like a brick to the face, a brick to the face. Come on, because I said no, I'm I'm not interested, or yeah. whatever it could have been. 
Right. And it's just like she's she she looks like she could be mouthy and da 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 and all this other stuff. Even if like, she's mouthy, you don't get hit in the face with a brick. That's it's like crazy entitlement, man. Oh, she's mouthy, so she can get hit in the face with a brick. What the fuck is going on out here? That's crazy. Cat James says she ain't innocent. What does she do? I don't care if she called him a bitch punk ass nigga. <laughs> don't touch that woman. Cat, <laughs> what does she do? You have to go look up the rest of the content. Uh, she slapped white people and walked away. She has been trying to go viral for a long time. That's so, a video, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. So are are those state are those slaps staged? That's the real question. Like is, getting hit with a brick to try to go viral is absolutely insane. Yeah. They're not staged. She said they're not staged. So she's really slapping people that aren't in on the joke. And walking away. Because some people are saying I, they're skits. And some I, people saw, saying, I saw the video. of She did uh, slap like it was like a white guy. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was, but it seemed like she was standing there and it was just the way she was pointing at him or whatever. She slapped him, then walked away all like stern. Somebody's recording and there's people laughing. Yeah. So I'm like, mm. you know, yeah. context kind of matters in that situation. Right. Because it's like, now, mind you, she's definitely guilty of being thirsty to go viral. Sure. A lot of people are. But it still doesn't equate to getting hit in the face with a brick. Now, now the dude, the dude that hit her in the face with a brick, did he did he, did she say something to him to where it warranted the brick to the face. Regardless, nobody should be getting hit in the face with a brick. Regardless. Regardless of the of the, the, the skits that may or may not be real. Hitting the face with a brick? A brick. That don't compare to a slap. I'm sorry. It just don't. A brick to the face. The person that they was listening to saying that she was lying was like some neo-Nazi white woman anyway. So oh, it's like, wow. where are you getting your information from? You just run off with the first thing that you that seems to fit into what you believe in, in the first place. Right. It's just crazy to watch like how rampant the misogyny goes. Like it just continues oh, to it just, just it gets even increasingly it just continues been getting worse, especially online. They just yeah. emboldened it. Even when they wrong, well, okay. Oh, they stand firm. For sure. And it doesn't matter how much proof she may, you know, show that it still be like, well, you know, there's going to be like a what about, what about, like we saw the whole thing with the Tory Meg thing. Like yeah. the whole thing came out and everybody was like, well, what about, what about, and everything that came out, they was like, mm, I don't know. And then I don't know. Then the court case came up. It was like, mm, I don't know. It sounds like somebody lying. And then the whole thing went, <laughs> now he locked up and it's like, what are you going to say now? I was like, well, not. I don't know. It's like, all right. Like, <laughs> never was going to convince the person in the first place. And you bet, you bet, you bet not defend no women, man. It's Simp City over here. Oh, my goodness. The second, the second you defend women in any way, 
The second you show compassion about womanly things, you a simp. This dude, I posted clips from last week's episode about hollering at women. Dude in my comment section, man, you a simp, man. You know what I'm saying? Women want to be hollered at, man, by good-looking dudes. And I was like, the dude that was talking all this shit didn't even fit the the good-looking dude template. So I was like, you talking like you just, you what the women want. And so I'm just like, but he was he stood firm. He was like, trust me. Then he changed the argument saying like, a beautiful woman wouldn't want to trade places with a girl that, you know, was never getting hollered at. I was like, that ain't even what my clip was about. My clip is about women that get hollered at a lot. I'm sure there are days where they just don't want to be bothered. Comment says, man, you simping, man. They, they, want, they want this. And I'm just like, bruh, come on, man. Come on, dog. Um, Angelina Briscoe want to talk about the Tyrese and DJ Envy thing. Um, now I didn't know I wasn't privy to the DJ Envy um, Tyrese thing until you know Tyrese was on the Breakfast Club and then they they, they talked again. And then I saw a clip this morning. Uh, DJ Envy's wife had called. He called. He called his wife and she talked about you know. Tyrese helping their marriage, but then Tyrese started crossing certain lines and, and with, uh, you know, demanding her time and inappropriate comments and compliments and stuff like that. So I was just like, yo, Tyrese. And we know, we know Tyrese is an emotional dude. Like Tyrese is, he be out here. He be jumping out the window. He's an emotional guy, you know? And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I, I don't, I don't want to create this narrative and, this mindset that being emotional is automatically a negative thing. Cause you know, we live in this day and age where if you show an emotion or you in your feelings, especially as a man, it's immediately looked down on like, man, you, you being emotional, man, you and your feelings and we get offended. We just like, Hey man, Hey, when it's, when it's okay, you feel how you feel. And when people feel how they feel, they show it in different ways. Like, you know, certain people might seem extra to you because they feel a certain way. But then they calm down and be like, all right, you know, and it might not work for everybody, but it's an emotion. So it's like, all right, I'm emotional on certain things. It depends on, it depends on what we're talking about. Like I'm an emotional guy. I'm sensitive, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm not Tyrese level sensitive where I'm like, you know, doing all this extra stuff on social media, pleading for my kids and crying and all of this. I might not be that guy. But, uh, you know, but I'm I'm a sensitive guy. Like I cry at movies. I'm compassionate. You know, I'll be crying and shit. I'll be feeling sorry for people. And, you know, I respond to certain things like when you talk to me a certain way, my feelings get hurt. And it should be okay to say, as a man, it should be okay to say my feelings are hurt. You heard my feelings. Man to man. You heard my feelings, man, that I'm hurt. It should be okay to say that without, without people looking at you like you soft 
or you emotional or this, this, that, and the third. So we got we got to let men. We got to let men be able to express their emotions without without the judgment. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I try to be very transparent about my feelings on things. Like you know, if I'm hurt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna express that. You know, and so. But but as far as Tyrese, he said he was on he was on some type of medication, um, and you know inappropriate is inappropriate, so ain't no excuse for that. And it's just uh, I didn't realize that Tyrese was all deep in you know DJ Envy's marriage like that. And then then I, I was thinking too, I said this in the comment section. I was like, yo, DJ Envy always got something going. He always got something going. Like cause he uh. You know, he had that whole beef with Rick Ross or whatever. And then, you know, uh, Gunplay got involved. I think his name is Gunplay or whatever. And now it's like, <laughs> now it's like this. And even though DJ Envy is valid, if like Tyrese is crossing lines with his wife, he's got valid beef. But it, it just seems like, man, it's always something with Envy, man. What's going on over there? So I'll call them DJ Drama in the comment section. Um even even though this is this is valid, and I did like that they addressed it face to face. I thought that was legit. But it's like, damn, what's going on with envy? And and two with Tyrese, like he'll jump out the window, like you know that whole thing with with the Rock and Vin Diesel. Tyrese was out here on the front lines talking, talking about the whole thing, and like everybody else was tucking it in, but Tyrese was out here just yelling to the hilltops and it's just like yo man chill man chill you know let the let the rock and vin diesel work that out if it is some type of beef you ain't got to jump out the window on social media every time and if you are that type of person that's like your heart is on your sleeve you ain't got to take everything to social media it's passion like dude dudes in society they want to they want to look down on emotional dudes all the time but then y'all hold one emotional dude to a super high standard. Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur is idolized. He is an icon. He's probably the most iconic rapper of all time. That is one of the most emotional dudes I've ever seen on the famous level. Tupac was all emotion fire and fury and just hard on his sleeve and just going in just jumping out the window he is the epitome of an emotional dude and we be looking at Pac like he is just man Pac was just legendary but anybody else got feelings anybody else showing emotion oh man you emotional man you and your feelings you know Pac was emotional too but we don't we don't hold him to that standard. And I don't know if it's because, you know, he passed away, but it's like everybody else is looked at as as soft. But Pac is just like, man, it was emotion. And somebody said, Jay Finesse says Tupac was balanced in his emotional expression, though. But but I mean, nobody is a hundred percent off the wall, but like, you know, there's been plenty of times where Tupac is just 
fury and flash and stuff like that. Even even in his raps, though, it was like, you know, he was pissed off in his music. He was passionate about what he was talking about. He was emotional. He was sensitive. All of that. And so, you know, him going off in public, going off in the paparazzi, going off in court, going off on rappers, it's just like, yo, we saw a lot of the fury in Pac. And what and what we were looking at is humanity. That's a human being with feelings, emotions, all of that. And so what we saw in Pac was all these emotions that we weren't really seeing with other rappers. And now that we're in this day and age where, where we got social media, now we're getting plugged into, you know, we know rappers more than we might have known them back in the day. These rappers are also showing emotion. They, you know, if a girl broke their heart, they they sharing that. Or like, you know, if they pissed off, they sharing that. If they got beef with somebody, they sharing that. So we we we're still getting these Tupac level emotions. But now, now it looks different now. You know, now now there's a different scrutiny on it. Because I guess it's not looked at as gangster, if you will, but it's all emotion. And that's part of the human experience. He's emotional. Chris Brown is mad emotional. And so, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting dynamic to see how men are viewed on an emotional tip. Every, every man wants to be cool under pressure. They want to be cool. They want to be unfazed. They want to be like nothing bothers them. You know what I'm saying? They want to be they want to be that guy just playing it cool. You know what I'm saying? You know, nothing, nothing gets to me. I don't be buying it. You know what I mean? So, and having these emotions and anger and hurt and fear and and all of these things shouldn't shouldn't automatically be a negative for a man. So there's that. But let's let's get oh so let me talk about uh, the outlaw Johnny Black. Uh, this is a this is a black exploitation western comedy uh christian uh, act. It, it's so many different genres within this one film directed by michael j white um i'm in this movie and you know sag gave them the the leeway to they gave us the leeway to promote this film it's going to be in theaters September 15th in select cities. So it's not going to be, it's not going to be wide, but if it does, if it does well in limited release, then they will widen it. So, you know, more, more theaters will get it. So if you do live in an area that is actually playing outlaw Johnny black, make sure you pull up, put butts in the seats, put the, put the, put the dollars up and then it, it can expand wider. Um, my name is Sheriff Yarbrough. In this, uh, I play a sheriff. Um, this will be, this will be my first speaking role in a theatrically released film. Since since my part was cut out of Whiplash, this will be my theatrical film debut for real. 
where you'll 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 see me saying words on the screen on the big screen. I've never seen myself on the big screen, so I'm gonna watch it this weekend. And and I have Michael Jai White personally to thank for that. Michael Jai White, thank you, bro, because you have given me my film debut. They cut me out of Whiplash, but you didn't. You didn't cut me out. And so now you have given me my film debut. And thank you. You can't. Michael Jai White cast me directly. I didn't have to audition. He came to me and was like, yo, I have a role for you. And I almost didn't do it because I, I was on tour. And so, so he hit me directly and gave me the role. And that, that to me is a huge honor. Man, because it's it's so many people involved in in the making of a film, writing the script, producing it, getting all all these moving parts together to create a film. Making movies is hard. It involves a lot. And so for someone to be like, yo, I want you to be a part of what we created. It don't get no more honorable than that. I'm honored, man. Thank you. Like, you know, especially somebody like me, like, you know, I don't have a huge film resume. You know what I'm saying? So it's stuff like this that I truly appreciate. I'm like, man, he could have he cast anybody in that role. But he came to me and I was like, hey, man, I'm glad I was able to do it and I was honored to do it. And thank you, Michael. Man, I appreciate it. And that's this weekend. Um, let me see. Let me see if uh let me see, because he gave a list of the theaters. Let me see if I can find it. Oops. Finally getting the list of all the theaters. Let me see. Ah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Uh list of oh here we go. Here we go. Okay, a list of theaters. Okay, so this is gonna be this is gonna be quite the list. So I want y'all to listen closely and bear with me. We're gonna read out the list. So if you are in any anywhere near any of these cities, get in on it. Okay, so the theaters that will have Outlaw Johnny Black. If you are in Albany, Georgia, Albany, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Atlanta. Uh, several theaters in Atlanta, as a matter of fact, Augusta, Georgia, Austin, Texas, Baltimore, Maryland, Biloxi, Birmingham, Buffalo, Charlotte, Chicago, um, Cincinnati, Cleveland and Akron, Akron um, Columbia, South Carolina, Columbus, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, Columbus, Georgia, Columbus, Ohio. Um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Denver, Detroit, um, Flint, Michigan, Fort Smith, uh, Fayetteville, Arizona, Grand Rapids, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, Houston, Texas, um, Indianapolis, Jackson, Mississippi, Jacksonville, Florida, Kansas City, Jonesboro, um, Knoxville, Tennessee, Las Vegas, 
Los Angeles. Um, several areas in Los Angeles. Macon, Georgia. Memphis, Tennessee. Miami, uh, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale. Milwaukee, Minneapolis, um, Mobile, New Orleans, New New York, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, um, Newport News, Oklahoma City, Orlando, Peoria, Illinois, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, Raleigh, Durham, uh, Reno, Richmond, Virginia, Sacramento, San Antonio, San Diego, Spokane, Washington, Springfield, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, Syracuse, New York, Tucson, Arizona, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Waco, Texas, Washington, D.C., Wilmington, North Carolina. So those are all the cities and the areas where you can pull up and check out Outlaw Johnny Black. Um, it's nationwide, but it's not it's not all over. Like normally a movie would be like, you know, in every theater, you know, if there's an AMC, if there's a Regal, if there's an Edwards, you could just pull up. But these are uh, specific theaters. So any of those cities I mentioned, if you live close, pull up, man. Share it. Hashtag it. Let's get the word out. Outlaw Johnny Black in theaters this weekend. Um, it's your boy's real film debut. No, no cutouts, no edits, no, uh, no throwing me on the speaking, speaking of, uh, movies. So I feel like this, I feel like this black cinema was at an all time high in the nineties. I feel like black cinema was at an all time high. And I feel like the 2000s kind of faded off, especially on the drama tip. Like black dramas in the 90s compared to the 2000s, I feel like like the 2000s can't compare. So I was like, yo, well, let's, let's, let's break this down. Let's do it. Let's do it year by year. The 90s versus the 2000s. When I say the 2000s, I mean 2000 to 2010. Let's do the 90s versus the 2000s. Let's break these movies down. Black movies. So we're going to do 1990 versus 2000. All right. 1990 didn't have that many black films come out theatrically. So 1990 will be outnumbered. But here we go. In 1990, you got House Party, Ghost Dad. And I know y'all like Ghost Dad. Yeah, Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. It was directed by Sidney Poitier. So that's why it's up in the it's up in the black cinema list. Mo Better Blues. To Sleep with Anger, Graffiti Bridge. If you're not familiar with Graffiti Bridge, that's like a technical sequel to Purple Rain. And then The Sleep with Anger is like an indie film with Danny Glover, Ghost Dad, Mo Better Blues, House Party. Not a lot to choose from. Five movies. It's crazy. House Party and Mo Better Blues being the strongest two here. Versus the, the year 2000. 
We got next Friday. We got three strikes. We got love and basketball. We got held up with Jamie Foxx. We got Shaft. We got a scary movie. We got the original Kings of Comedy. We got Turn It Up. We got Bait. We got Bamboozled. We got Men of Honor, but there's an asterisk by Men of Honor because I'm not sure if it counts as a black film. We got a black lead in Cuba Gooden Jr. and George Tillman Jr. directed it. But I'm not sure if that's considered a black film, even though it's about racism and the military. I'm not sure if it counts. And and finally, in 2000, we got Holiday Heart with Ving Rhames, directed by Robert Townsend. So, we'll take 2000's best versus 1990. In my opinion, 2000 clearly wins this first round because they just have a sheer number. In this round, Original Kings of Comedy, Scary Movie, Love and Basketball, Shaft, Next Friday, Holiday Heart. Bamboozle was good. It was heavy-handed on the message, but uh, it was good. But I feel like Mo Better Blues is a superior Spike Lee film than Bamboozle was. I would say Mo Better Blues beats Bamboozle. Just, just, on, just on Spike Lee versus Spike Lee. I feel like Mo Better Blues is better. I feel like House Party beats Next Friday on a comedic level. I feel like House Party is superior to Next Friday, held up. And, and I would put House Party above Scary Movie, even though Scary Movie, even though Scary Movie was mad funny and it broke box office records for an uh, African-American director. And Keenan Ivory wins. I come back to House Party more as a comedy. But the original Kings of Comedy, that shit was fire. But I feel like, I feel like House Party, I don't really like to compare House Party to the original Kings of Comedy because those are two different kind of films. Like, you know, that's comparing stand up to an actual scripted. Um, you know, film. So I try not to compare those two. But Scary Movie, because to me, Scary Movie 2 made me laugh harder than Scary Movie 1 overall. Scary Movie 1 was fire. I saw that in theaters, mad funny. And I, I feel like, and I'm not saying this because I'm friends with the Wayans family, but I feel like once the Wayans, the Wayans family left the Scary Movie franchise, it just wasn't the same. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the first round to the 2000s. They just on the, on the strength of the original Kings of Comedy, Scary Movie, Shaft was dope, Loving Basketball was dope. Um, just those alone, and all we really got is House Party and Mo Better Blues because nobody really seen to sleep with anger. Nobody saw it. Graffiti Bridge was terrible. Graffiti Bridge was terrible. Oh, it was bad. Um, and Ghost Dad, come on, man. Come on. 1990 got smacked up. House Party and Mo Better Blues, we see you shining, but y'all was just outnumbered. You were outgunned. All right. 1991 versus 2001. 
1991, we got New Jack City, The Five Heartbeats, A Rage in Harlem, Jungle Fever, Boys in the Hood, House Party 2, Strictly Business. 2001, we got Asterisk by Double Take. I'm not sure if that qualifies as a black film. It has Orlando Jones and uh, Eddie Griffin. Uh, I'm not, but I'm not sure if that qualifies for a black film. The Brothers, Baby Boy. Pootie Tang is asterisk because I'm not sure. The writers are black, but, you know, Louis C.K. directed it. I'm not entirely sure Pootie Tang counts. Scary Movie 2, two can play that game, The Wash. First of all, New Jack City, The Five Heartbeats, Boys in the Hood. I ain't got to say shit else. Those three movies alone are, are, are solidified classics, certified. Certified. Raging Harlem is good. Jungle Fever is good and it pisses you off. Jungle Fever is good. But New Jack City, The Five Heartbeats, and Boys in the Hood are solidified in stone as classic films. Top Chef's Kiss. We still we still quote these movies to this day. House Party 2 was cute. Wasn't as good as the first one, but it was cute. Strictly Business. I enjoyed Strictly Business with Tommy Davidson, Halle Berry. Um, I watched it a lot. But 91 is a much potent, much more potent year than 1990 was. And I feel like 1991 is smacking the shit out of 2001. The Wash, the Wash didn't make me laugh like I wanted it to. Um, Scary Movie 2 was hilarious, especially that, that damn butler. Two Can Play That Game was forgettable. Um, same with The Brothers. Like, I saw The Brothers in theaters. I don't even remember that movie. I haven't seen it since. Baby Boy, I've seen that a lot. But just on John Singleton versus himself, Boys in the Hood is far superior than Baby Boy. Just on some John Singleton on John Singleton crime right there. So the 90s win that one. So we got one and one. We tied one to one. All right. I, Baby Boy has his issues, but it's so rewatchable. Baby Boy is so rewatchable, y'all. When it's on, I look at it. If I come across Baby Boy, I'll be like, I'm going to look at it. <laughs> I'm going to look at it every every time. Every time. All right. So we got 1992 versus 2002. All right. 92. We got Juice. We got Deep Cover. Asterisk. Got a black lead in Lawrence Fishburne. Black director in Bill Duke. It's very urban. I, th I think it qualifies as a black film. So we got Deep Cover. We got Class Act. We got Boomerang. We got Mo Money. We got Bebe's Kids. We got Serafina. We got South Central. We got Malcolm X. 2002. We got State Property. All About the Benjamins. 
undercover brother. Martin, run tell that. Barbershop. Brown Sugar. Friday After Next. Drumline. This is not a bad matchup because it's it's some, it's some hard hitters in this 2002. Barbershop being one of them. Actually, no. 92 is winning. 92 is winning. <laughs> 92 is just, it's just too stacked. Malcolm X, Boomerang, Juice, those three right there. Then you got Deep. Deep Cover is an underrated gem. Um, class Act was a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Um, I've seen Class Act so many times. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed more money because I love Damon Wayans. Baby's Kids was cute. Um, I only saw bits and pieces of Serafina. I watched South Central a lot. I watch South Central a lot. That movie is is so serious, it's funny. But Drumline is fire. Friday After Next is better than Next Friday, in my opinion, but it wasn't as good as the original Friday, but it was funny. Brown Sugar was solid. Barbershop is dope. Barbershop is dope. Straight up. Barbershop is legit. Martin Run Tell That wasn't as good as You So Crazy, which came out in the 90s. Uh, Undercover Brother was a good time All About the Benjamins was a good time State Property was low budget You know You gonna get down or you gonna lay down There's no way State Property is beating anything Out of the 90s So I'm giving this to 1992 Malcolm, Malcolm X Malcolm X alone Is smacking everybody in the lips Malcolm X is one of the One of the greatest films ever made In my opinion so, yeah, I'm going with 92. And that's all I cooked up so far. So we will continue these, you know, throughout various episodes. But so, so far, I have the 90s up by one. So it's two to one, the 90s. That's that's how I have it so far. Um, but we're going to we're going to keep we're going to keep seeing throughout, you know. If the 2000s definitely fell off in the black cinema department. Yeah. Um, give me a couple of this or that and we can get the hell up out of here. State property is a hood classic, but so is South Central. And I feel like South Central is the stronger hood classic. South Central had better acting. Even though some of the acting in South Central was suspect. Like the little kid. Show you right, Ray Ray. But on the other end, you had some good performances from the lead character. Uh, what's his name? Uh, his old gang, his old gang buddy turned rival, and the dude that showed him the way in prison. Uh Carl Lumley delivered in that in that role. All right, so this or that. Angels in the outfield or Little Giants? I'm going to be honest with you, Sam Moore. I've never seen either one all the way through. Never seen either one all the way through. I got nothing for you. Um, One chorus must go from Jay Thomas. One chorus must go. I got five on it. Or Return of the Mac. Oh, damn. 
That's tough, man. I got five on it. Uh, Return of the Magnetics. Oh, my God. Here I am. I'm back up in the game. You lied to me. I'm going to get rid of. I feel like I would listen to the Loonies. I got five on it more like as a solo. Let me put this track on. Let me let it rock. I'm going I'm to have to lose Return of the Mac because Return of the Mac is more of a. Yeah, we being silly right now, even though it's a good time. It's more of a yeah, we being silly with this right now. It's kind of a it's kind of a joke right now, even though it's it's, it's a good song, but it's like. Return of the Magnetics. But I got five on it. I take that song seriously. Like, I got five on it. It's not a joke to me. Like, that song, that song hits. And, and Jordan Peele gave I got five on it an extra, an extra little angle by throwing it in his, in his, uh, you know, promo for his movie. So it made it gave the song a different, a different look and feel. So I'm gonna go with the I got five. I'm keeping I got five on it. Keeping that. Yeah. Oh, us. Not uh not get out. It was us. Yeah. All right. Uh side note, did you know that Kid Cuddy almost got the role in Good Out? Like he said that he almost had that that role that Daniel the lead role yeah really I can't imagine it with him in it though I could I don't know how you know how I mean you know I don't know know how to perform it because Daniel uh, Daniel killed it in that but I can definitely see him in the role I can definitely believe him dating a white woman because the roles that I've seen him in they usually be having them dating white women and Cuddy I don't know. I don't know if Cuddy can tap into the, the emotions that Daniel did when, uh, especially when he was getting put under. Yeah, the sink part and all yeah. that. Yeah, t- yeah. Because that know. that was just that was underneath the surface acting, and the stuff I seen Kid Cuddy in, he's a natural. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he can reach those those type of depths emotionally. Yeah, he could. I don't know. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if it would have been like. Like, I'm not saying he couldn't have done it. Like, it wouldn't have been good. I don't think it yeah. would just been as, like, that cultural impact that it had. Like, yeah. I don't think it would have landed the same way. Right. And then he got an Oscar nomination for that, didn't he? Ooh, I don't I know. I think he got nominated for an Oscar. And, but, I, like you say, G. Lowry, I did like the darker skin tone that Daniel had, too. That added a nice little layer of it, too. Yeah. But I could definitely see Kid Cudi dating a white girl. For sure. Uh, I never knew that, though. Um, all right. DJ Hizzle asks, who had the better Marvel movie non-superhero death? Gwen Stacy and Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Aunt May and Spider-Man No Way Home? Hard-hitting sad questions, huh? Now... Okay, so the death of, of Gwen Stacy is more iconic because 
you know, that's that's actually in the comic books. It, it, you know, that was like Spider-Man's trauma. Like he tried to save her and it just, you know, her neck snapped in the save. So it's like a super tragic. It's a super tragic death like that. That. That to me gives the death a different resonance. It's like, yo. I literally tried to save your life and and the way that I saved your life still killed you. Like that that hits a little different than Aunt May. She she was trying to save Peter and then she got caught up in the mix. But Aunt May's death hit me harder emotionally cuz I re- I really didn't expect her to die. So I was just like, wait, no. No, like, so Aunt May's death hurt way more than the Gwen Stacy death. It hurt way more. I was like, because I, cause I guess with Gwen Stacy, I expected it. Like, you know, I knew, I knew that was the narrative. I knew that was part of it. So I kind of expected it. So I guess I was just like, all right, we, we know. We know what's going to happen uh, to Gwen. But when... But when Aunt May died, I was like, wait, this, this, no. No. And I, I really like Aunt May. Like, I like Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. So it was just like, man, we 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 lost Uncle Ben. We supposed to keep May. We supposed to keep Aunt May. This this is, what the hell is this? Who? No. And so, yeah, that shit hurt. Visually, though, that Gwen Stacy death is hard hitting. Visually. Because he, he literally tried to save her and it was just like, bow. It was just like, snap. She was done. And I was like, damn. So, but yeah. So I guess the Aunt May, the Aunt May was the more impactful death. So I'm going to give the edge to the Aunt May death. All right, one one more, and then I'm out of here. QDB asks, this or that, leading role on a top-rated sitcom with Jerry Seinfeld or international tour opening slash performing with Nas and Black Thought? Wow, going for the jugular. I'm going to pick, it's kind of easy for me. I'm doing the sitcom with Jerry Seinfeld. As much as I love Nas and Black Thought, I'm going with the sitcom with Jerry Seinfeld because the sitcom with Jerry Seinfeld, that's going to affect my pockets. I mean, I'm going to get paid on the international tour, but these are long term pockets. I'm on a hit TV show. I'm going I'm going with the with the TV show. That's going to be long term pockets hit. This is just one. This is just one tour with Nas and Black Thought. And plus, I don't really like. I'm not comfortable doing comedy on musician tours. I'm just not comfortable yet. Um, I got offered to do a tour with a musician and I was like, no, no, I'll just, I'll just do a couple of dates here locally. And then another musician offered too. And I was just like, nah, I'm not comfortable. I punked out. But the other one I did, I did the two shows, but it's just a different, it's a different, even though the the audience could be receptive, I was still just nervous about mixing 
uh, music and comedy. So I was just like, ah, I don't know about a whole tour. You know, I kind of, you know, punked out. But I did do, you know, two two dates. So, yeah. So it would just have me too nervous uh, night after night because I'm coming out. It's a cold open. Like, when you know, when you're a comedian on the musician tour, it's a cold open. So I'm coming out to an audience that's just not even warmed up. I'm just coming out there. And so it's just like, all right, well, what are we doing? Comedy? I'm here for the music. What's going on here? And so I got to get through that hurdle of we're here for the music. And so, yeah. So in that regard, I would feel more comfortable doing a sitcom. And it's a top-rated sitcom with Seinfeld? Man, sign me up, man. Sign me up. Let me get in on it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Listen, I appreciate y'all. Thank you for the this or that. So if you have any this or that that I didn't address in this episode, save them for later. Because uh, we do this or that every episode. So there will be more than enough time to get the, to get your this or that off. Um, I appreciate y'all. Shout out to my patron saints. Y'all are beautiful. Y'all are wonderful. I appreciate y'all for being here. Great topics, by the way. Um we will continue the face-off, the black cinema face-off, the 90s versus the 2000s. We will continue that as well. Shout out to Amir on the ones and twos for the chime-ins. And, uh, yeah, man, keep listening, keep supporting, and uh, we out.